Frank Reich out as the Carolina Panthers head coach. We got to break that down. In addition to our updated NFC power rankings, there's a lot to get to today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are locked on NFL scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wanted to say thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big shout out to our everydayers for being here once again, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Joe, happy Hard Knocks Day for anyone who celebrates. Hard Knocks tonight. Yeah, I don't celebrate. I haven't See, watched Hard Knocks in two years, man. It's not a Dolphins thing. Like I'm probably the most interested in the Dolphins. But right, it's been and I years. asked I've been last out. week if you, if you watched – yeah. Episode one, and now you're now you're about to fall two episodes behind. Yeah, guess what? I won't do. I won't catch up. I won't get well, there. I but I, I just fair warning. They go as long as the team goes. Yeah. So this isn't the standard cookie cutter eight week affair. This may be longer than you may have more right. episodes right. to catch I, up on. Eventually. I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm not going to get caught up. Like I'm, I'm just gonna not going to watch it. Okay, well, you don't have to keep asking because you know the answer. I'm not going to watch well, it. Just like I'm going to wear the keep wearing this coat. Right. It's well, just I'm have, committed. But you don't to have to because you already missed an episode with it. You, you it was not an episode. Yeah, I don't know, man. You'd hate to have that segment. You'd hate on a show. You'd hate to have that aspect on your record. Let's talk about uh, another spotty record, which is the decision making of Dave Tepper as the uh, owner of the Carolina Panthers, firing Frank Reich after 11 games, the Panthers mm-hmm. sitting at one and 10 mm-hmm. uh, Carolina also flushing out quarterbacks, coach, Josh McCown, running backs, coach, Deuce McAllister, not Deuce McAllister. Yeah, Deuce, <laughs> Deuce Staley. There's all these two thousands running backs right. named Deuce. Yeah. It was like a real thing. Yeah. Pickle uh, juice though. You got to remember Deuce Staley. Yeah. Uh, so some sweeping changes through the offensive staff. Uh, the play calling duties going back to Thomas Brown after they were Frank Reich and given to Thomas Brown and then taken back from Thomas Brown to go back to Frank Reich. Now Thomas Brown is once again uh, Jim Caldwell in a senior advisor role at this stage, I believe. Yep. Um, there's a lot here beyond like the long term outlook for Carolina. There's just a lot here for this decision and how they got here. So as the Queen City <laughs> native, I yield the floor. Your thoughts? Well, I'd, I'd say there's a lot here, but there's also a little here at the same time because this just goes back to Dave Tepper as the owner of this football team and his hasty decision-making that has manifested itself with the decisions with the Carolina Panthers and their head coach, the soccer team. They've had two head coaches in the last 18 months. Including a coach that made, made the, the playoffs playoff. with an expansion team, right? Like it, very early in the tenure there. Uh, the business decision with the facility that was being built in South Carolina that he pulled it's the plug on, right? Yeah, dude, just this is just who he is. And unfortunately, 
Dave Tepper's probably not going to become a different person, right? This is kind of his entire business career has been built on hasty decisions, gambles, rolls of the dice, and he doesn't like things not going his way. And I don't know that he can detach himself in the way necessary to allow football people to make football decisions. Things were not going well, right? They're one in 10. They're the worst team in the league. You have a lot of questions about everything that's went down personnel wise, but did you really see a sample size, a meaningful enough sample size to say, you know what, Frank Reich, we got to do something and we're going to fire you right now. Right. I just, I, it feels hasty. Like it's expected, right? We all expected this to happen. But the reason we expect it is because of Dave Tepper, right? Not because I think people are sitting here calling for Frank Reich's head after a one in 10 start, certainly not what they expected, but you gotta, you gotta kind of let things play out a little bit. And that's not what happened at all. And I feel like you're already like, you're already in this position of they're going to not give Bryce Young his best opportunity to develop after they've got so much invested in him. So there's a, there's a lot, but it's also just, this is Dave Tepper and the pattern of behavior and projecting it forward is very, very concerning about this ever becoming a stable franchise in the NFL. So, you know what, what I think about the most with this decision Frank Reich, 11 games, one in 10. Yeah. You get a bigger sample size of Steve Wilkes. <laughs> right. Steve Wilkes was the interim head coach for 12 games for six, you last year yeah. and went six and six. Yeah. And there were a lot of people who thought Steve Wilkes with that effort, with that team, with how bad they were with Matt rule, that Steve Wilkes deserved another opportunity. So now, you have Matt Rule, Steve Wilkes for 12 games. Now you have Frank Reich for 11 games. You're going to have somebody else for six games. And then you're going to have another. So it's just like even just like the messaging to every player that's in the locker room is changed, changed. Yeah. The focus has changed. The points of emphasis have changed. Like never mind like the coaching points and the techniques and the scheme, but just yeah. like top-down hierarchy, messaging to the locker room. Can we get a coach that lasts more than a season? And if you were going to have this short of a leash with what it looked like with your quarterback in year one of investing in a quarterback, did it not make more sense to just keep Steve Wilkes? Of course it did. And, like – even there's a lot of belief that Dave Tepper influenced the Teddy Bridgewater thing. And he influenced Joe Brady being the sacrificial lamb after like the barely into the second season with Matt rule. There's just like, you got to let things play out a little bit in the NFL. You got to let people learn and evolve. And the problem is Tepper is accountable to nobody, right? Like he's the owner. He doesn't fire himself. He's the one that paid all the money to own this operation and run it how he wants to. But you just sense that this is going to be one of those. He is one of those problem owners that is going to be prohibitive to winning. And you start to worry about what type of talent he's going to attract, because let's face it, Scott Fitterer is not going to last, right? He's going to get fired as well. And, and, and that'll probably be a part of the negotiations for whoever the next head coach is. Who's he going to attract? Who wants this job? We're seeing more well, and more coaches pull themselves out, including last year. Ben Johnson did it. He said, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want that job. I don't know. I keep keep hearing 
the the big wig insiders alluding to how coveted how coveted of a job that this is. Why? Heard it from Pelissero yesterday before Frank Wright got fired. You heard it from Rappaport. No, there's there's a lot of people that are going to line up and want to work with the number one overall pick at quarterback. Okay, objectively, the appeal to this job is you're going to get a big, fat, fully guaranteed contract. Yep. Look at yep. look at the one that Matt uh, Rule got yep. to come here. Yep. You are going to have some level of say because you have leverage as you are getting hired for what personnel the, the personnel department looks like. While also in the back of your mind, you're cognitive to the fact that if Dave wants it done, it's going to be what Dave wants. No matter what I want. There's some, what, what do you think of the idea that the people that have been dismissed were the people that weren't necessarily on board in a split room on what quarterback to take with the number one overall pick? They certainly gave the messaging that they were aligned. They certainly, you know, put their best foot forward when those conversations um, and those questions were asked publicly. I didn't. I didn't forget the the vibes at the Ohio State Pro Day. Talking about the basketball court, McCown, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You got to have organizational alignment. I'm concerned about the future of the Carolina Panthers. Um, and look, I mean, they gave up DJ Moore, two first round picks, two second round picks to get Bryce Young. Um, now they're in pretty decent shape cap wise. They've got over thirty million. There's ways that they can create even more space. Their draft capital resets itself fairly well. They got it quite a bit back in the McCaffrey deal, so they're basically just without a first this coming year, and they're right back to a regular slate of picks in 2025. Um, so there's light at the end of the tunnel, but Tepper's got to get the right people around him and let them do their thing, or else this is going to be an endless cycle for years and years to come. Right. All right, NFC power rankings are coming up here. We got stock up, stock down. There's been a lot of changes, at least on my end here, that I can't wait to reveal to you here in just a moment. So stick with us. But folks, you gotta check out Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy all the tickets for the music, sports, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets, all in prices. I love that. You load up the app, the price you see is the price you pay for the tickets. They give you a view from your seat so you know exactly what to expect when you get to the venue. And a best price guarantee. I mean, simply put, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. The apps are, you know, the app's super easy to navigate. They have flash deals on last minute tickets. I love that. You go into the the app, you never know. They're going to offer you a deal there. Uh, there's been some good ones offered as well, and they send the tickets right to your phone, so you don't have to dig through emails to get the tickets. So get the the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so we got stock up, stock down. It's the objective. Do you want to reveal your entire ballot? Do you want to reveal the biggest risers on your ballot? How um, do you want to unroll yeah. for the people the content for the rest of the program? Let's – um. I want to give you, I'll give you my rankings. I'll give you my rankings. I'll give okay. you the whole thing. And then we can um, compare and talk about risers because I have one team that rose four spots, one team that dropped five spots. Now we've, it's been two weeks since we've done this. Um, but yeah, there's been some movement. So here's how I have it. Kyle Krabs. Number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Number three, the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Number four, the Detroit Lions. Okay. Number five, the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. And now here's where it gets weird, right? 
This is yep. where it gets real weird. At six, Green Bay Packers. Ooh. Two quality, okay. I mean, two quality wins in a row. Two qual- I mean, a lot more than I can say for some of the other teams that I'm about to get to here. Number seven, Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Number eight, Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Number nine, New Orleans Saints. Number 10, LA Rams. Number 11, Washington Commanders. Number 12, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is a sinking ship. Number 13, my Chicago Bears. Thank you for winning that game last night. Yeah. Uh, no, well, of course, we're different on four games, and we we split them 2-2. Said, said it, right? And I needed that. Remember, I, I, I debated that one in my head on the end there, and uh, it worked out for me. Uh, 14, the Giants. 15, the Cardinals. 16, Carolina Panthers. Cardinals 15, Panthers 16? Yeah. All right, so what do you have as far as, like, biggest movement from this group? The two teams that had the biggest movement is the Green Bay Packers climbed four spots. Um, And as you kind of get past Seattle, man, dude, like, there is so many different ways to stack these teams. But I leaned into two quality wins in a row. They beat the Chargers. They beat the Lions. Um, And I think that says a lot. I think Jordan Love certainly played well in that Packers game or excuse me, in that Lions game, you feel, you feel like they have talent, especially on defense, obviously banged up secondary, like the whole thing's banked up. Yeah. Um, but if they can stabilize a little bit, I mean, we, you, you brought it up yesterday and thought or not at the end of yesterday's podcast about this potentially being a playoff team. And I was a little bit dismissive of it, but that certainly sparked something in my mind. I looked at the schedule. I looked at the trends, right. You kind of the other teams around them. And I feel pretty good that they have, um, enough uh, personnel, enough coaching um, to be kind of in this mix. And I, I mean, I just, I started to just leap them above the teams like the Falcons and the Vikings and the Saints, right? Just never know what you're getting from those teams. So they were, they were my biggest riser is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, my biggest riser I was tied. Uh, here's my rankings. Okay. We'll talk about it. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, one, San Francisco 49ers, two, Dallas Cowboys, three, Detroit Lions, four, Seattle Seahawks, five. So we're chalk, mm-hmm. one through five. I don't know how you stack it any other way. I'd be like, is there a compelling argument to not have it that way? If so, no. leave, us, leave us a comment yeah, on this video. Let us let know. Us know. Yeah. Let us know your sales pitch for not that being the top five. Right. Say, and, top, yeah. But Seattle's not a team without their own questions right now. And right. it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. But when you're looking at, I mean, just running through who I have, Atlanta at six. Okay, they're five and six. I have New Orleans at seven. They're five and six and just lost to Atlanta. Then I have Green Bay at eight, who's five and six. And then you have the Rams, who are five and six. Uh, Minnesota, a real bad loss last night. I, I think all of the um, concerns with the quarterback change and Josh Dobbs, kind of the newness there, they got overwhelmed by Chicago. We'll talk about them a little later in the show, uh, but I have Minnesota at 10, Washington at 11, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 12, New York Giants at 13, Chicago Bears at 14, Arizona Cardinals at 15, Carolina Panthers at 16. So uh, Green Bay was tied with Atlanta for my biggest riser. Where Which at- is funny. Atlanta was my second biggest riser. They climbed three spots. Okay. So so Green Bay and Atlanta are the, the big winners in the last two weeks since we did this in week 11. You know, sometimes all you do need to do in the NFC is win a game. Win, just win a game. <laughs> a divisional game, no less, right? <laughs> you can really climb here. Yeah. Um, so talk about Atlanta. What's, I mean, 
Yeah, so we've had the kind of the quarterback carousel with Heineke, and then we're back to Ritter, and mm-hmm. Ritter continuing to just give you no warm and fuzzies about what his outlook looks like long term. I think they're a fascinating team for what they ultimately choose to do. Uh, I think they're a team based on their record where they, they really need to win this division and pull it off uh, for Arthur Smith and what two consecutive seven win seasons to start that tenure there. They need to show some progress and a playoff berth does that uh, quality win over New Orleans uh, taking advantage of for as bad as, as Ritter was Derek Carr was worse. <laughs> so uh, you get the, the Jesse Bates touchdown there. You get Bijan Robinson involved in a big way. Um, it was kind of a nice, nice showing from Atlanta from a defensive perspective slash this is who we are as a football team. They pounded the rock, right? Didn't they run like 41 times or something like that in that game mm-hmm. against New Orleans? Like that recipe, getting that against New Orleans of all teams is the divisional opponent that you have to clear. Uh, I, I think it is really uh, helpful for them, but I just have no conviction on for, to them on a week to week basis because they're so high variance. Derek Carr's red zone stats are something to behold. Are you familiar with this? Uh, I'm aware. I know Warren Sharp posted a reel of Derek Carr clips inside the 10-yard line, and he's like, this is comfortably the worst quarterback in the low red zone. <laughs> it's unreal. It's absolutely unreal. What's funny? Stats. stats. Well, so far this year, he's 22 of 49. So that's a completion percentage of under 45%. Under, yeah, I'm saying not good. 159 yards, 3.2 yards per attempt. So, yard, how do you even want to measure this? Like, he, he's just bad in the red zone. Like, the high, his percentage of touchdown passes that come from outside the red zone are just astronomically higher, like, relative to a normal quarterback. I wish that this chart that I'm looking at allowed me to separate it by passer rating, like something that can can measure this. But right, it just I don't know, man. I, Derek Carr ain't it. He's just not it. But like Atlanta, what, what they're they're a climb, dude. They're a climber for both of us, and they've they're coming off of a three game losing streak to the Titans, Vikings, and Cardinals. But it's, the, it's a testament to the middle of the NFC. Yeah. But it's also, you know, something that we've started to do as the season moved on with these power rankings is talk about, like, the path forward. And Atlanta coming out of the bye with the win over the Saints. Jets, Bucks, Panthers are their next three. Again, they should win all three of those games. They I should trust, win all I don't three trust Atlanta to do all the things that they're supposed right. to do. But if you're not, if you're not three, no, it's an, it's going to be a big disappointment. Right. Then you have Colts, Bears, Saints to close. Like, tell me, Atlanta's in the driver's seat here, right? From For the a, South? Uh, so they get to host, and again, the reward is you get to host the Cowboys and lose in the first round of the playoffs, but you get there. I'm <laughs> so, floating around producing this thing. Give me one <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah. Remaining, that, remaining strength of schedule. Atlanta has the easiest remaining strength of schedule of any team in the NFL. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. So go do it. Like, go do it. Go do the thing. Right. So the biggest, uh, really fascinating also on that list, uh, Tampa Bay is number two easiest the rest <laughs> of the way. And Green Bay is the third lowest win percentage the rest of the way. So our two biggest risers, you talk about their path forward and, and yeah. why maybe they're landing in this spot. Yeah. They have two of the three easiest remaining strength of schedules of any team in the NFL. 
All right, you mentioned the team there, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll spoil a little something. They're my Ooh. biggest faller, and I'm going to f- explain why here in just a minute. <laughs> but, folks, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of things that you can bet on, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Kyle did good once again on my player props. I had the over on Josh Allen passing yards and mm-hmm. rushing yards against Philly. So we we got a couple of wins there. I've really enjoyed the player props. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and enjoy this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So your biggest faller was Tampa Bay. And yeah, they went from it's five spots, right? Seven to 12. Yeah, dude, massive, massive follower. I think this is a sinking ship. I think this is absolutely a sinking ship. They're pirates. It's, it's thank, good. thank you. Clever. Thank it's you. Clever. Thank, that's why I said it twice, just to make sure yep. that it, yeah. it clicked for everybody. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, we know. Never a doubt. Never a doubt. Um, I mean, back to back losses to the 49ers and Colts. Don't feel like they were com- really overly competitive in either game. Um, but I think I got honey potted a little bit by a three and one start. Um, they, they played Houston close. They played the bills close. And, um, I thought maybe this team had a little bit more punch. I thought defensively, they certainly had talent. Um, but they just, their offense stinks. And like, they finally ran the ball well against the Colts. Like Rashad white ran the ball. Well, well I think Rashad white seems like a pretty decent player to me. Um, but you know, the consistency is not there. But I think Baker's not not improving as the season moves along. It's just it, it's the way it's trending. I don't have any confidence in this team. I think they're closer to, you know, a high draft pick than they are like being a serious threat in in this division. I, I think the messaging is weird. I never have trusted this coaching staff. Um, I just I'm, I'm not a fan, man. I'm just I don't like where we're headed here. So, a couple troublesome metrics for Tampa. Um, 29th in the league and. Third down defense, it's not good. Uh, they are 27th in the league in red zone offense. Yeah. They got the so, freaking one-yard line against Colts, couldn't get it in. Right. Well, that, that goes back to the concerns we have with this young, inexperienced, relatively cheap offensive line. You mentioned them being able to run the ball. Uh, was their season high in team yardage, rushing with 125 yards. Uh, that was the first time they rushed for more than 100. 100 yards as a team since week four against New Orleans. And you look at the schedule. We talked about the strength of schedule. They're going to get one this week because they got Carolina at home. Okay. Congrats. One game bump, Kyle. The one bump. We're going to find out, baby. This is the ultimate scientific process here with Carolina. Yeah. Carolina Uh, beats Tampa. We're going to know. But then they're at Atlanta. Don't like it. You're at Green Bay. Don't like it. And then you got Jacksonville. Your next three after that. So Probably one that, and three at best there. Okay, so you're five and ten. You're five and ten at that point. And you're tracking for a top eight pick. Uh, the other faller that I had was Minnesota. Spoiler alert, off of the uh, big run that they got on earlier in the season. Uh, started slow. They They lost to Tampa in week one. Uh, but that loss against Chicago last night was an ugly one. They've now lost two in a row by th- a combined three points. So you've lost some heartbreakers here. Um, 
but the wiggle room's really not here when you finish Detroit twice in the last three games in Green Bay. So they're coming, they're gonna be coming out of their bye week at six and six. They got punched in the mouth by Chicago, like manhandled up front. Seven turnovers the last two games. So that you want to look at why why Minnesota, this Cinderella story may be falling apart. You go from six and four to six and six. You turn the ball over seven times and lose those two games by three points. So is that your biggest faller in, in the conference? It's it's Tampa and then Minnesota. Okay, so we very interesting. Yeah, we had the same same faller. Um I didn't have another team besides Tampa fall more than two spots, but I did have three teams fall two spots, Minnesota being one of them, Detroit being one of them. You know, I kind of championed them in the number yep. two spot, but like the way that defense is playing, a home loss in a short week Thanksgiving to Green Bay, like, no, you're not going to be higher than the 49ers and Cowboys. So you earned that. And the other team that was a two-spot faller it, it, for me is the Commanders. Uh, Three-game skid right now, they're one in – Five over their last six games. Uh, the I mean, the Giants lost six turnovers against Tommy DeVito. Man, like you, you, you at home, right in New Jersey, and then obviously you got romped by Dallas. You're gonna get romped by Miami this week. It's it, and the firing of Jack Del Rio. Like this is not. This feels like a. It's it's tapering off as well. Like, they certainly played competitive and was resilient in ways throughout the course of the season, but. They're just, I don't know, bad, I mean, bad teams are just, they're bad. Shoot, dude. They they gave up 33 to Denver. They won that game. They gave up 37 to Buffalo. And I understand that was, what, a two-touchdown game at the beginning of the fourth quarter and snowballed. They got some turnovers late. Mm-hmm. Regardless, they gave up 37 to Buffalo. Give up 34 to Philadelphia. You give up 40 to Chicago at home on yeah, a 40 to, 40 to Chicago. 38 to Philadelphia again. 29 to Seattle. 31 to the New York Giants, courtesy of those six turnovers, and 45 to Dallas last week. This is this is the worst scoring defense in the NFL, giving up almost 30 points a game. They're bottom four in yards per game. They're a wet paper towel defensively. With first-round picks all over the damn place on that defense. Sam House And a defensive-minded head coach. And a defensive-minded head coach, who's now taking over the, the play-calling duties. <laughs> and so what he... He had that for the Dallas game, right? Rivera was the defensive play caller. Uh, I don't think so. Is that so? That's out of that game. So his first time calling plays is against Miami. I believe so. Yikes! Yikes! So I mean, now credit credit to their offense. They move the ball, right? They have at least three hundred fifty yards of offense in each of their last five games. But you have eleven turnovers in those five games. And you're not scoring points. No, you scored 31 against Philadelphia, 20 against New England in your one win, 26, 19, 10. Young quarterback, bad offensive line. Right. First year play caller with this quarterback. Like, I mean, there's a level of, I kind of get it. I think the flashes from Sam Howell have been curious, but like, have you seen enough to, to like stiff arm opportunities to upgrade there? Uh, I think roll with Sam. How, I think it depends on how low you sink, but at the same time, you know, you're, you're looking at the top of the draft The Chicago resets. New Orleans, New England's got two losses. There's a two game gap between New England at three right now in the draft order and the next lowest team. Yeah. 
So they're probably a quarterback team. So you're not going to get one of the top two. I don't know that you're going to get a super compelling and they have needs everywhere. Right. So you might as well, if there's flashes there, I, I would almost say I'm going to almost be compelled to roll with Sam. Yeah. And it's less he, about Sam and it's more about what the rest of the quarterback class looks like and the, and the metrics at the top of the draft. Get your O-line right. Get your edge rushers right. Yep. Got that. I mean, you got that high pick from Chicago coming your way. Yep. Those are those are my biggest fallers. Um, so that's, that's the NFC. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino. Locked on NFL Scouting. Find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. That is going to do it for us today. We will do AFC Spotlight tomorrow on the show, so you have that to look forward to. Come back and see us. Hope you have a great rest of your day. We are out of here. Peace.